Hello, parents, guardians, and caretakers of all types. I'd like to take a moment before the podcast to say thank you again for choosing me to be your child's reader for the next half hour or so. You can, as usual, find a list of stories and songs in the show notes on your platform of choice and a link to all sorts of things. We have a link tree now, so you can click that link tree and it will show you Lots of ways to get in touch, ways to support the podcast, and ways to get a cool button or sticker. So that's today's news, which is a little bit lengthy. And whether it's your first time here, your ninth time here, or you've been with us since 2020 when we were making videos, thank you so much for listening. And I am so glad that you are here. Hello, my sweet friends. It's nice to see you again. Come along and read with me. It's my favorite place to be when Raggedy Auntie reads. Hello, my sweet friends. Welcome back to the book nook. I'm Raggedy Auntie. And today we are going to talk about helping people and we are going to start by finishing. That's right. We are going to finish My Father's Dragon. Now we have heard so far over the last two podcasts, we have heard about my father, Elmer Elevator, who packed a knapsack full of all sorts of things and went on a wild adventure to Tangerina crossed some rocks to Wild Island, met a bunch of different animals. And you know what? Go back and listen to those stories if you can, because the way he solved problems was amazing. And he's doing all of this to save a baby dragon that's roped up and is being made to carry people from one side of the island across a river to the other side of the island. Now, when we left my father on the island last time, He was on the banks of the river. He could hear the river. He was very close to the river. He knows that he's going to get to this river where this baby dragon is being forced to do things that a baby dragon shouldn't have to do. Honestly, it's things that no dragon or no person should have to do unless they volunteer for it. So do you think that my father is going to help this dragon? I don't know, but let's get started. My Father's Dragon by Ruth Stiles Gannett Chapter 8 My Father Meets a Gorilla My father was very hungry, so he sat down under a baby banyan tree on the side of the trail and ate four tangerines. He wanted to eat eight or ten, but he had only thirteen left, and it might be a long time before he could get more. He packed away all the peels and was about to get up when he heard the familiar voices of the boars. I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't seen them with my own eyes, but wait and see for yourself. All the tigers are sitting around chewing gum to beat the band. Old Rhinoceros is so busy brushing his tusk that he doesn't even look around to see who's going by. And they're all so busy that they won't 
even talk to me. Horse feathers, said the other boar, now very close to my father. They'll talk to me. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. If it's the last thing I do. <laughs> the voices passed my father and went around a curve, and he hurried on because he knew how much more upset the boars would be when they saw the lion's mane tied up in hair ribbons. Before long, my father came to a crossroads, and he stopped to read the signs. Straight ahead, an arrow pointed to the beginning of the river, to the left, the ocean rocks, and to the right, to the dragon fairy. My father was reading all these signs when he heard paw steps and ducked behind the signpost. A beautiful lioness paraded by and turned down toward the clearings. Although she could have seen my father if she'd bothered to glance at the post, she was much too occupied looking dignified to see anything but the tip of her own nose. It was Lion's mother, of course, and that, thought my father, must mean that the dragon was on this side of the river. He hurried on, but it was farther away than he had judged. He finally came to the riverbank in the late afternoon and looked around, but there was no dragon anywhere in sight. He must have gone back to the other side. My father sat down under a palm tree and was trying to have a good idea when something big and black and Harry jumped out of the tree and landed with a loud crash at his feet. Well, said a huge voice. Well, what, said my father, for which he was very sorry when he looked up and discovered he was talking to an enormous and very fierce gorilla. Well, explain yourself, said the gorilla. I'll give you till ten to tell me your name, business, your age, and what's in that pack. And he began counting to ten as fast as he could. One, two, three. My four, father didn't five, even six, have time seven, to say, eight, nine, Elmer nine, Elevator Explorer, before the gorilla interrupted. Too slow. I'll twist your arms the way I'd twist that dragon's wings. And then we'll see if you can't hurry up a bit. He grabbed my father's arms, one in each fist, and was just about to twist them when suddenly he let go and began scratching his chest with both hands. Blast those fleas, he raged. They won't give you a moment's peace, and the worst of it is you can't even get a good look at them. Rosie, Rhoda, Rachel, Ruthie, Ruby, Roberta, come here and get rid of this flea on my chest. It's driving me crazy. Six little monkeys tumbled out of the palm tree, dashed to the gorilla, and began combing the hair on his chest. Well, said the gorilla, it's still there. We're looking, we're looking, said the six little monkeys, but they're awfully hard to see, you know. I know, said the gorilla, but hurry, I've got work to do. And he winked at my father. Uh, gorilla, said my father, in my knapsack I have six magnifying glasses. They'd be just the thing for hunting fleas. My father unpacked them and gave one to Rosie, one to Rhoda, one to Rachel, one to Ruthie, one to Ruby, and one to Roberta. Why, they're miraculous, said the six little monkeys. It's easy to see the fleas now. Only there are hundreds of them. And they went on hunting frantically. 
A moment later, many more monkeys appeared out of a nearby clump of mangroves and began crowding around to get a look at the fleas through the magnifying glasses. They completely surrounded the gorilla, and he could not see my father, nor did he remember to twist his arms. Chapter 9. My Father Makes a Bridge My father walked back and forth along the bank, trying to think of some way to cross the river. He found a high flagpole with a rope going over the other side. The rope went through a loop at the top of the pole and then down the pole and around a large crank. A sign on the crank said, To Summon Dragon, Yank the Crank, Report Disorderly Conduct to Gorilla. From what the cat had told my father, he knew that the other end of the rope was tied around the dragon's neck, and he felt sorrier than ever for the poor dragon. If he were on this side, the gorilla would twist his wings until it hurt so much that he'd have to fly to the other side. If he were on the other side, the gorilla would crank the rope until the dragon would either choke or fly back to this side. What a life for a baby dragon! My father knew that if he called to the dragon to come across the river, the gorilla would surely hear him. So he thought about climbing the pole and going across on the rope. The pole was very high, and even if he could get to the top without being seen, he'd have to go all the way across hand over hand. The river was very muddy, and all sorts of unfriendly things might live in it, but my father could think of no other way to get across. He was about to start up the pole when... Despite all the noise the monkeys were making, he heard a loud splash behind him. He looked all around in the water, but it was dusk now, and he couldn't see anything there. It's me, Crocodile, said a voice to the left. The water's lovely, and I have such a craving for something sweet. Won't you come for a swim? A pale moon came out from behind the clouds, and my father could see where the voice was coming from. The crocodile's head was just peeping out of the water. Uh, no thank you, said my father. I never swim after sundown, but I do have something sweet to offer you. Perhaps you'd like a lollipop, and perhaps you have friends who would like lollipops too? Lollipops, said the crocodile. Oh, that is a treat. How about it, boys? A whole chorus of voices shouted, Yeah! Hoo! Lollipops! And my father counted as many as 17 crocodiles with their heads just peeping out of the water. That's fine, said my father as he got out the two dozen pink lollipops and the rubber bands. I'll stick one here on the bank. Lollipops last longer if you keep them out of the water, you know. Now one of you can have this one. The crocodile who had first spoken swam up and tasted it. Ha! Delicious! Mighty delicious, he said. Now, if you don't mind, said my father, I'll just walk along your back and fasten another lollipop to the tip of your tail with a rubber band. You don't mind, do you? Oh, no, not in the least, said the crocodile. Can, can you get your tail out of the water just a bit, asked my father. Yeah, of course, said the crocodile, and he lifted up his tail. Then my father ran along his back and fastened another lollipop with a rubber band. Who's next, said my father, and a second crocodile swam up and began sucking on that lollipop. 
Now you gentlemen can save a lot of time if you just line up across the river, said my father. And I'll be along to give each of you a lollipop. So the crocodiles lined up right across the river with their tails in the air. So the crocodiles lined up right across the river with their tails in the air, waiting for my father to fasten on the rest of the lollipops. The tail of the 17th crocodile just reached the other bank. Chapter 10. My Father Finds the Dragon When my father was crossing the back of the 15th crocodile with two more lollipops to go, the noise of the monkeys suddenly stopped, and he could hear a much bigger noise getting louder every second. Then he could hear seven furious tigers and one raging rhinoceros and two seething lions and one ranting gorilla, along with countless screeching monkeys led by two extremely irate wild boars, all yelling, it's a trick! There's an invasion, and it must be after our dragon. Get it! Get it! Get it! The whole crowd stampeded onto the bank. As my father was fixing the 17th lollipop for the last crocodile, he heard a wild boar scream. Look, it came this way. It's over there now. See? Crocodiles made a bridge for it. And just as my father leapt onto the other bank, one of the wild boars jumped on the back of the first crocodile. My father didn't have a moment to spare. By now, the dragon realized that my father was coming to rescue him. He ran out of the bushes and jumped up and down, yelling, Here I am! Oh, I'm White Heel! Can you see me? Hurry, the boy is coming over! The crocodiles, too! Oh, they're all coming over! Oh, please, please hurry! The noise was simply terrific. My father ran up to the dragon and took out his very sharp jackknife. Steady, old boy, steady! We'll make it! Just stand still! He told the dragon as he began to saw through the big rope. By this time, both boars, all seven tigers, the two lions, the rhinoceros, and the gorilla, along with the countless screeching monkeys, were all on their way across the crocodiles, and there was a lot of rope to cut through. Oh, hurry, the dragon kept saying, and my father again told him to stand still. If I don't think I can make it, said my father, we'll fly over to the other side of the river and I can finish cutting the rope there. Suddenly the screaming grew louder and madder, and my father thought the animals must have crossed the river. He looked around and saw something which surprised and delighted him. Partly because he'd finished his lollipop, and partly because, as I told you before, crocodiles are very moody and not the least bit dependable and are always looking for something to eat. The first crocodile had turned away from the bank and started swimming down the river. The second crocodile hadn't finished yet. So he followed right after the first, still sucking his lollipop. All the rest did the same thing, one right after the other, until they were all swimming away in a line. The two wild boars, the seven tigers, the rhinoceros, the two lions, the gorilla, along with the countless screeching monkeys, were all riding down the middle of the river on the train of crocodiles sucking pink lollipops and all yelling and screaming and getting their feet wet. My father and the dragon laughed themselves weak because it was such a silly sight. As soon as they had recovered, my father finished cutting the rope and the dragon raced around in circles and tried to turn a somersault. He was the most excited baby dragon that had ever lived. 
My father was in a hurry to fly away, and when the dragon finally calmed down a bit, my father climbed up onto his back. All aboard, said the dragon. Where shall we go? We'll spend the night on the beach, and tomorrow we'll start on the long journey home. So it's off to the shores of Tangerina, shouted my father as the dragon soared above the dark jungle and the muddy river and all the animals bellowing at them and all the crocodiles licking pink lollipops and grinning wide grins. After all, what did the crocodiles care about a way to cross the river and what a fine feast they were carrying on their backs? As my father and the dragon passed over the ocean rocks, they heard a tiny excited voice scream, Bumcock! Bumcock! We treat our nagon! Uh, I mean, we need our dragon! But my father and the dragon knew that nothing in the world would ever make them go back to Wild Island. Oh, that was so exciting. I was so glad when my father finally rescued the baby dragon. And he really helped the dragon and he helped the other animals. Although they forgot how helpful he was because they didn't want to lose that dragon. I think that they might have learned their lesson floating down the river on the backs of those crocodiles. And they may not get home until those crocodiles finish those pink lollipops. Next, we have a very surprising, helpful person. Let's listen to the gingerbread boy and find out who that helper is going to be. The Gingerbread Boy, a traditional story recorded by Maud Summers and adapted by me, Raggedy Auntie. A little old man and a little old woman lived together in a little old house. The little old house was near a deep wood. One morning, the little old woman was baking gingerbread cookies. She cut out some round gingerbread cookies. She cut out some triangle gingerbread cookies. And she cut out some star gingerbread cookies. Then she said to the little old man, See, I've cut out a cookie to look just like a little boy. Then she put the gingerbread boy in the oven to bake. Not long after, the little old woman went to the oven to look at that cookie. Out jumped the gingerbread boy. Away he ran as fast as he could go. The little old woman and the little old man ran right after him, but they just couldn't catch him. The gingerbread boy ran on and on. At last, he came to a barn full of threshers. The threshers were working very hard to separate all the bits of wheat and had worked up quite a hunger. But as that gingerbread boy went past the barn door, he sang, I've run away from a little old woman, a little old man, and I can run away from you. I can, I can, I can, I can run away from you. I can. Behind him, the little old woman and the little old man were on the chase, but they just couldn't catch him. Then the threshers began to run, too, behind the little old man and the little old woman. The gingerbread boy ran on and on. Soon he came to a field full of mowers. 
They looked up and saw the gingerbread boy making a mess of all the grass clippings and began to yell at him to stop it. But as he passed through the field, the gingerbread boy sang out, I've run away from a little old woman, a little old man, a barn full of threshers, and I can run away from you. I can, I can, I can, I can run away from you. I can. Then the mowers ran after him, just behind the threshers, the little old woman and the little old man, but not one of them could catch him. The gingerbread boy ran on and on till he came to a cow. Now, the cow didn't much mind seeing a cookie running through her pasture. She didn't mind the little old woman, and she didn't mind the little old man, and she didn't even mind the threshers and the mowers, who were all chasing behind that gingerbread boy. But she did mind being teased. So when he called out to the cow, I've run away from a little old woman, a little old man, a barn full of threshers, a field full of mowers, and I can run away from you. I can, I can, I can, I can run away from you. I can. That annoyed that cow and she ran after him, but she couldn't catch him. So she joined the very large group trying to catch that gingerbread boy. The gingerbread boy ran on and on. Soon, he met a duck who was just about to take off in flight. Well, all of the dust that was kicked up by the very annoyed cow, the field full of mowers, the barn full of threshers, the little old man and the little old woman began to interfere with that duck's flight plans. He began coughing and wheezing, but the gingerbread boy sang, I've run away from a little old woman, a little old man, a barn full of threshers, a field full of mowers, a cow, and I can run away from you I can I can I can I can run away from you I can well that duck was so turned around that he decided to join the chase after this gingerbread boy who's teasing and running had delayed his flight he demanded an apology yes sir the gingerbread boy ran on and on soon he met a fox and he called out, I've run away from a little old woman, a little old man, a barn full of threshers, a field full of mowers, a cow, a duck, and I can run away from you. I can, I can, I can, I can run away from you. I can. This fox, who was minding his own business, watched as the little old woman, the little old man, the threshers, the mowers, the cow, and the duck tried their hardest to catch this troublemaker. So, the fox ran after him. Now, a fox can run very fast. On and on the fox ran. He ran past the duck, who was still covered in dust. He ran past the cow, who was mooing and grumbling under her breath. He ran past the mowers, covered in stirred up grass. He ran past the threshers, who were hungrier than ever. And he ran past the little old man, who was really just chasing the little old woman who was trying to catch her gingerbread boy. He ran and he ran until he caught that gingerbread boy. By that time, the day was almost done and everyone needed a rest. And wouldn't you know it, they'd made it all the way back through the fields through the deep wood, and were standing in front of the little old house. So the fox handed the gingerbread boy to the little old woman and found a little spot of shade for the cow to rest. Then he brought out some of the round gingerbread cookies and the star gingerbread cookies and the triangle gingerbread cookies for the hungry threshers and offered the mowers and the ducks some water from the pump to clean up. 
Once everyone was fed, washed, and settled in, the old woman began to sing sweetly. You may have run away from a little old woman, a little old man, a barn full of threshers, a field full of mowers, a cow, a duck, a fox, but you can't run away from sleep, no sir, no sir, no sir. You can't run away from sleep, no, sir. And by the time she was through singing, the kind fox, the clean duck, the calm cow, the comfortable mowers, the satiated threshers, the little old man, and even the gingerbread boy had drifted off to sleep. So the little old woman tucked them all in, one by one, and settled herself to sleep, still holding the gingerbread boy. You know, we never expect the fox to be the helpful one, but how crafty was he in the way that he ran past everyone and grabbed that gingerbread boy and really helped everyone in this situation and that song is now going to be running around in my head all week our next story is about a person who has a holiday named after them we don't know who wrote this story but it's a lovely story about saint valentine and where valentines come from saint valentine Here is one of the many stories that have been told about St. Valentine. Father Valentine was a priest who lived a long time ago. He spent his time in nursing the sick and in comforting the sad. As he went about among his people, the children too found a kind and helpful friend. They liked to talk with him and to run by his side as he went from one house to another. What wonderful stories he told them about the birds and the flowers. How many beautiful things he taught them as they walked together through the forest and by the river. Father Valentine loved all the little creatures of the woods and the streams, and they seemed to love him in return. The birds would come at his call, and the squirrels would scamper down the trees to take food from his hand. Years went by, and at last the good priest became too old to visit his people. How they must have wished to hear again the sound of his footsteps at the door. How the children must have missed their kind teacher and the stories that he told. Father Valentine was very sad because he could no longer go about from home to home. But he soon found a way by which he could still be of use to those that he loved. As he sat in his room, he wrote the kind words which had always made his visit so full of good cheer. Every day his loving messages were sent near and far. They were carried by all the children who had learned from him to be happy in helping others. Soon his friends began to watch for the kind words that were sure to come to them whenever they were in need of help. Even the little children, when they were ill, would say, I'm sure that Father Valentine would send me a letter today. After a time, the good father passed away from the earth, but he has not been forgotten. Each year, when the 14th of February comes around, we still keep his birthday. 
Think of the lonely, remember the sad, be kind to the poor, make everyone glad on good old St. Valentine's Day. How interesting that St. Valentine wrote letters to people when he was too old to really travel, and now we write letters to each other and we call them Valentines. Isn't that fascinating? You know, I've had a great time finishing My Father's Dragon with you today, learning how the fox helped the gingerbread boy and the little old woman, the little old man, the threshers, the mowers, the cow, the duck. What a fox! And I've enjoyed learning about St. Valentine with you. Happy early Valentine's Day. And until we meet again, stay happy, stay healthy, and keep reading Stay healthy, keep reading. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading. Until the day comes, we meet again. Stay happy, stay healthy, keep reading. My